0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI Inc. Insights Podcast episode, I explore Minda Zetlin's recent Inc. video, What Leaders Learn from Narcissists, Manipulators, and Psychopaths. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In today's Inc. Insights episode, I explore Minda Zetlin's recent Inc. video, What Leaders Can Learn from Narcissists, Manipulators, and Psychopaths. Inc.com columnist Minda Zetlin explains how dark qualities can bring you personal success. And I'll share some of my thoughts in connection with the points that she makes in this video. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip.
1: So one of the most fun Inc.com columns that I've done recently came from an interview with a guy named Seth Spain, who is an assistant professor at Binghamton University School of Management, and also now a blogger on the Psychology Today website. And what he did was he reviewed a large number of studies to discover whether what he calls the dark triad, which are qualities that most of us think of as really, really bad, can help you be more successful in your career, and guess what? They can. So here's what smart leaders and other aspiring professionals can learn from narcissists Manipulators and psychopaths.
0: I have to admit, I was drawn to this video by the title. It's quite compelling. And thinking about this dark triad of narcissists, manipulators, and psychopaths, and what we might be able to learn from those sorts of traits and ways of interacting with other people and how that might improve our leadership, uh, that's intriguing to me. Right out of the gate, I have to admit that I'm skeptical, um, but I think it's important for us to challenge our thinking and to look for insights anywhere we can find them. So she's now going to go through each of these one by one and describe a little bit about uh, what we might be able to glean from the behaviors and traits of these different types of people from this dark triad.
1: So the first thing is narcissists, who we've all encountered narcissists, all they think about is themselves and their dream and their idea. Well. Doesn't that sound a little bit like a really successful entrepreneur to you? Like, you know, maybe Steve Jobs? Uh, Okay, maybe we won't put names on it, but the fact is when you are so taken up with something, you think it's the most important thing in the world, you're sure it's gonna be successful, you're absolutely positive it's wonderful, that sentiment is contagious. And people who listen to you talk like that and people you present to and pitch to are gonna catch that fever. So without going all the way to being a narcissist, take a little bit of that narcissistic enthusiasm with you next time you go in to pitch a customer you may find that it really helps
0: what i'm hearing from that segment is that passion and enthusiasm for an idea for a vision for a strategy for a product that that is really important uh, for successful organizations successful teams and successful leaders and i would absolutely agree with that now Do you have to even be semi-narcissistic in order to have that passion and enthusiasm? I personally don't think so, uh, but I don't disagree with her that that passion and enthusiasm are super, super important. And if that's in part because you are are really keen on your own ideas and and inclined to get passionate about your own ideas – like a narcissist would, uh, I think that's okay to a point. As long as you have enough uh, humility or at least people around you that can push back on you uh, when your thinking isn't really what's going to move the organization or the team forward, then it becomes toxic and dangerous.
1: The second thing is what you can learn from manipulators. Now, all of us have had awful relationships with people who are really manipulative and that's a bad, bad thing and I completely agree. But the fact of the matter is, our entire capitalist enterprise is built to some degree on people manipulating each other and companies manipulating us, right? I mean, they put the soda machine right where you're going to be hot and thirsty because they know that'll manipulate manipulate you into putting the dollar in and getting the soda. So a little bit of manipulation is healthy and a little bit of manipulation will help you often get where you need to go. And particularly if you're a manager, a little bit of manipulation is really important because you need to find ways to bring employees towards where you want them to go. The same way if you're pitching people or running a company, the same way with customers, you need to get inside their head and figure out what cues will take them in the direction you want. That is a healthy amount of manipulation and will help you in your career and it will help you as a leader.
0: What I hear her talking about here is really the importance of what I would frame as influence rather than manipulation. I think manipulation is dangerous and toxic. And when leaders use manipulative tactics, their people can see through it. They know what's going on and they don't appreciate it. So manipulation and using carrot and stick and and trying to manipulate emotions and get people to do what you want them to do That can drive some results, but that doesn't drive healthy organizations. It doesn't increase employee engagement. It doesn't build trust. And ultimately, uh, your best people aren't going to want to be in an environment where they're working for a manipulator. So I would frame it rather than manipulation as influence and healthy influence where you are sharing your passion and your vision for your strategy or for the direction that the organization is going with your team, as you do that, uh, that will have some influence and people will respond to that passion. That, that isn't manipulation. That's just influence. And when you empower your people to speak up and to share their voice and, and provide their input, then you can start to create buy-in and not in a manipulative way, but in in a sincere, authentic way where you truly value what others have to offer to the discussion, because you know that it will increase and enhance uh, the value of the idea. It'll make it stronger, it'll make it better and more viable. So that's not manipulation, that's, that's influence. Uh, and I would argue that manipulation usually is not a good approach, uh, unless you really only need to get something out of someone in the short term Uh, and you don't have any consideration for long-term sustainability of your relationship. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. I'm excited to share my insights with you.
1: And the third piece of the dark triad that we can all learn from is psychopaths. Now, psychopath is a very scary word and it's a word that's often misunderstood in lay society. You know, I say psychopath, you think Jeffrey Dahmer or somebody else eating your next door neighbor. That's not what a subclinical psychopath is. A psychopath is someone who doesn't care as much about consequences, doesn't feel as much empathy with other people, can think only about their goals and not care too much about how they're, who they're hurting along the way or how they get there.
0: This one is interesting because certainly you do want to show empathy to your people. You don't want to try to achieve at all cost, regardless of who you throw under the bus or run over in, on the, along the way uh, to accomplishing something. Uh, as a psychopath, wouldn't care about the consequences. We, we can't allow ourselves to go down that path. And so she's, she's not suggesting that, that we uh, really act as psychopaths. Uh, but I do think it's worth noting that it is very important for us to maintain healthy, collaborative relationships with people on our team. And that requires empathy and compassion. That requires open communication. That requires us to, li- to, to stand up to the consequences of our actions, to own up to it. And to uh, accept those consequences and not pass blame on others or throw other people under the bus. We don't manipulate people to get to where we want to go. We don't don't exploit people to get to where we want to go, as a psychopath would.
1: Now... I'm not suggesting that you not care about how you get where you're going or who you hurt along the way. Not at all. But it is true that all of us make mistakes and all of us fail and all of us sometimes, usually inadvertently, hurt other people. And we all have a human tendency to stop at that point and feel terrible and look back and really regret and wish we could change things differently and wish we could change the past. And all of that slows us down. So to the degree that you can stop and say, okay, I screwed up, this didn't work, I'm going forward, it doesn't matter, you can learn from psychopaths to get on and become more successful.
0: I absolutely agree with the notion that we need to make sure that we're moving forward and not getting stuck in the past. Uh, healthy reflection is is very important, and particularly when we mess up. It is necessary for us to reflect on why and how so that we can make course corrections and do better in the future, especially when that hurts someone in the process. Uh, but getting stuck in the past and ruminating on it endlessly, that doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help the people we hurt. Uh, That doesn't help us move forward in a positive way. It doesn't help our teams. It doesn't help our organizations. So there does need to be the ability of a leader to be able to quickly rebound from mistakes or setbacks. And I'm not sure I would frame it in terms of of what a psychopath would do, um, but I would say it's emotional resilience, agility, the ability to to respond to adversity and to move forward. And I do think that's very important for a leader.
1: So don't become a member of the dark triad. (laughs) Please don't stop caring about the people around you. But do think about bringing just a little bit of these qualities into your professional life if they aren't there. It won't make you a bad person and it might make you a better leader.
0: Now, being a full-blown narcissist, manipulator, uh, or psychopath does make you a bad person and a bad leader. But again, she's not suggesting that you fully embrace those those traits or mentalities. And again, while I would reframe much of what she shared from those three areas, um, she does have a point, and that is that we do need to be able to influence people. As leaders, we do need to show passion and energy and enthusiasm for what we're doing to try to generate buy-in from our people. Uh, And ultimately, we need to be able to be resilient and get past our mistakes and failures. We need to uh, fall forward, fail fast. We need to be forgiving to ourselves and those around us. And we can't get stuck in the past and ruminate on those failures. So that resilience is very key. Um, I hope that none of us will be manipulators, uh, psychopaths, narcissists in our work because ultimately that is going to lead to a toxic organization, but she's right. Just a little bit of these um, types of uh, behaviors and traits uh, can serve us well as we're trying to be effective leaders. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think.